0: There was all sorts of names flying around but that one I remember just being actually that's that's bloody good that
1: you're listening to P-Town the podcast exploring the lives of those who live work and play in our proud city of Preston you started off with uh way to give a fork you've got Lenita now, 263, Otter's Pocket, which became The Ale House, and... Fino Tapas. Fino Tapas, so yeah. yeah.
0: we did uh, Open We Don't Give a Fork first, so that was probably four years ago. Um, and you know, at the time, I was just fed up of working for other people in other people's restaurants, mm-hmm. and... I managed to do a business plan and get a little startup loan. And when I was looking around at what I could do, soon realized actually, you need a lot of money to open a restaurant. You know, there's ovens that cost five grand. You know, 263's got a blender that costs six grand. You know, Jeez. you need a hell of a lot of money to actually facilitate opening a space um, and, sort of looked into it and was like, what's the cheapest thing I'm going to be able to open other than, you know, a butty shop or something like that. Um, And, yeah, this space came available just down the road here on Guildhall Street and sort of blagged something together out of scaffolds and pallets and, you know, got all the equipment in
1: and stuff and, yeah, cracked on with that for a bit. What inspired the name? Was that a, uh, a long thought process or did it just come to you? I think, if I remember
0: rightly, it was my friend Jeff in the pub. We were just all sitting around talking about names and he's a builder, he was helping out, sort of do a bit of a fit out with me. Um, uh, and I, we were all in the pub, you know, back in the days when like 10 people could go together and yeah. sit inside um, and yeah, I, I, th- I think it was him. But I can't fully remember. So yeah. Um, and did, it was just catchy, you know, something that you're going to remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of names flying around, but that one I remember just being, Actually, that's, that's bloody good. That. And yeah. You don't need a fork to eat a burger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people apparently do, you know, the odd one star review because we don't have cutlery when, you know, he's like, we, we're called We Don't Give a Fork so yeah. we're, we're too heavily invested now to to start dishing them out you know um, and then now that's owned by Josh who was the manager yeah. at We Don't Give a Fork um, and that allowed me to you know spend time on other units and open other places so after that we opened Fino Tapas um, sort of behind the Cafe Nero opposite Prime Primark and that went really well for us, you know, just busy all the time, good feedback. And that, that was what I wanted, you know, that's what I wanted from the start. A proper restaurant, sit down, um, napkins, cutlery. I know it sounds weird because, you know, we don't have a fork as an eating place as well, but that sort of going from £10 a head to 30 £40 a head and the sort of place where, People come out of the way to go to, you know, it was, it was really cool. The first sort of month seeing people physically get taxis, getting out of taxis where they, to come in and you're like that they've literally got a taxi to come specially here. Yeah. You know, because they want to come out and have a good night and have a few drinks before they go off into town or, or do whatever. So that, you know, well, at the start, I used to get a bit chuffed over that people you know knowing that they were coming just to come to eat at your restaurant mm. sort of thing um and then
1: after that it was sorry uh, one one question about yeah. that what made you, uh, we spoke before and you said uh, you're fond of traveling to spain was tapas something that was already on your agenda do you think i love tapas and i'd love to have a tap, tapas place or do you think Preston needs one because he doesn't have one it it was a bit of both so originally, after university, my
0: first job out of university was actually in this building um, at Duck Pond. Yeah. So I think I worked here for two years, maybe, maybe three. Um, and then Mundo Tapas opened in Guildhall. So there was two tapas spots in Preston town centre. Then I think, I forget which one went first, but Duck Pond went. And then Mondays went, and I just thought, you know, we've got to, I've got to open something that Preston doesn't have. So at the time of opening, you know, we open, we don't give a before, before Salita opened or Wings or whatever else. Mm. Um So at the time, I was like, right, I loved almost famous in Manchester, and I was like, I wonder if I can do something like that in Preston. Is it going to bring people in? Uh, and you know, it did. And then with the the tapas, you know, with if Duck Pond was open on Mondays, I'd have done something else because you know you can have, you can have too much of a good thing in one place. Yeah. You know, so, um, but but they closed, and I was like, right, let's do tapas. I worked in the kitchen here. I do love going to Spain and just sitting there eating tapas and drinking beer all day. Um, let's have a go, and that's that's where it came from, really. Um I, 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 Maybe if I hadn't had the experience, I had a Duck Pond. I might not have opened it, but it just made sense already having, you know, quite a bit of knowledge
1: behind me. Yeah. Um S- So, yeah. What, come after Fino then? Well, when you first set up Fino, was it uh, Otter's or? So, yeah, so that was Otter's Pocket. And that was um
0: a bit of a weird one. I literally opened that because... The pub, our local was Hartley's and we, we were in Hartley's, you know, every day, five o'clock. And then we had a baby. So it wasn't the case I wanted to go every day, but it would have been nice to be able to go and have a drink or two yeah, with a, a child, but they don't let people, you, you know, children in after five o'clock, which is fine. I was like, right, we're you know, if we are out and we want to have a pint, where can we go um, so we used to go to Plug and taps quite a bit and I really enjoyed the beer you know um, but then it was only really good for us on like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when it was a bit quieter it was alright snipping and have a quick pint um, and it was a bit more chilled and baby would be asleep and what have you but then the rest of the week and the weekend it would be Mega packed. It was middle of summer, so like the Conti would be a good place, but again, it'd be packed. Yeah. Um I was thought, Do you know what, I'll just open my own place and yeah, that, that, that's literally why I opened it, so I could go for a pint with my son, <laughs> really. That, that, that was literally it. And I, I, we started doing pies there because, again, I was looking at something that Preston doesn't necessarily already have and overpriced homemade pies was sort of top of the list at the time. Mm-hmm. Um uh, And, you know, with Pie Minster and Manchester, Liverpool, Nottingham, and they were growing quite quick, doing these good pies. I thought, right, we'll, we'll give that a go. And, and then it worked brilliantly in cold weather, you know. But as soon as summer came, pie and mash, yeah, you know, there was days where you'd still get a few drinkers in, but you, you wouldn't sell any pies at all. And I think as well one of the problems we had was the sort of beers we were getting in weren't great i don't really know loads about like mad nine percent dippers and and stuff like that and and i've sort of learned as i've gone along sort of build up better beers and i think when i tried to start doing that the sort of people i was trying to appeal to weren't coming in because they'd known us for doing like more sort of beers that people say are craft bits, but it's just supermarket. Yeah. You know, that sort of gear. Um, so that's when I decided to rebrand that one. Um, so we closed it. We closed it for a month, refurbed it. New menu that still had free pies on, um, just because we, uh, our rabbit and mushroom pie got the silver award at last year's National Pie Awards. Mm-hmm. And our steak pie got the bronze award, the national pie awards. And they say, you know, you've got to sign something saying you're going to sell these for a year, so on and so forth. And then I left the butter pie on just because it's Preston. I mean, it's Preston and you know, it's your veggie option as well. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to have your veggie <laughs> option. Um, and then we, you yeah, know, we, we were trying to do sort of like English based pub menu, you know, fish mm. and chips and. I can't even bloody remember what, 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 what's on it, to be honest, because mm. we changed that again. But then we, we, before the first lockdown, we were open for 10 days before we had to close. Yeah. And that was heartbreaking just from the point of view of putting all the investment in to, to, you know, redo it. We put the kitchen out the back, rip the kitchen out, put the bar in, put another four beer lines on there, another two cask lines. Um, and I think I spent six grand on beer. And then, you know, we got told, right, you, then you couldn't sell it. You're closing, yeah. Jeez. Um, and, uh, that was annoying. Uh, 263 opened somewhere in the mix there. Mm. I think it was before it was, yeah, well, it was before the refurb. I think it was 2019 is, is well, that's. Yes, it was. It's hard to remember dates, to be honest, because it all seems yeah. like yesterday, you know, yeah. at the same time. As seeming like a million years ago because we'd, we've been closed that long. So the idea behind that was, you know, I, I got offered it by Max, who owns Winkley Square Hotel. He liked Fino Tapas. Um, I bumped into him and he just said, look, I've, you know, I've got this. It's just become available. Would you be interested? And I had a look and thought, Do you know what? What Preston's missing is somewhere fine dining, you know, tasting menus but not not pretentious so I love going out and eating mm. good food and having a tasting menu what I don't like is a way to put in a napkin on my knee and I'm not necessarily into like the wine tasting job uh, you know I love wines but I, I have a seven course tasting menu with seven beers you know yeah. um, and I always feel like I'm going in there to eat a meal that's all I want I just want to go in and eat the meal have a few beers and, and leave. Yeah. I don't want... You just feel out of place, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not... I well, don't like, rock up in my Bentley and, you know, have to leave my eight-bedroom house, quaff, quaff, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... Uh, I'm a normal guy, do you know what I mean? But I just want to go in and have a meal and not feel like I, I shouldn't be there. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that's what 263 was about. It was more like casual fine dining where you know yeah we've got a sommelier and you can have the wines and he'll tell you all about the 100 or 150 bottles of wine we've got on the menu and he's come from moore hall that's got two michelin stars best restaurant in in uk and our head chef's never worked anywhere that doesn't have a michelin star you know and we can pull out really good food but the sort of service you're gonna get there. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll, we can talk to you as much as you want about the food and the wine. If you are just going there to eat and, and sit in a relaxed atmosphere and chill out, and you can do that as well. You know, you don't have to go through all the airs and graces. Yeah, I, I was going to say a different term. but I don't know <laughs> if I'm allowed to. Um, so yeah, that yeah that was what that was about really, and it worked well. You know, we'd been we open three months and got two rosettes and then uh, yeah. obviously we wanted to build up to three rosettes four rosettes get on Michelin radar um, you know which might never happen and it could take years to happen if it does and I mean Preston having a Michelin star sounds a bit like a joke really doesn't it but you know that's sort of where the whole team wants to end up and uh, you know we're all lads from Preston every single one of us you know uh, and everyone everyone sort of compliments each other in the team even John RKP he's you know he's a mint lad um, yeah. and he's from Preston and he's part of the team and just everyone all of us, coming together and being able to say you know we're, us Preston lads have got these accolades in Preston you know mm-hmm. sort of like bringing bringing the
1: World Cup home really yeah It's you've mentioned a few times about um, looking at what doesn't Preston have, and then fill in that gap. Some people may have been tempted to say, well, obviously it's proven in Manchester or Liverpool. Let's go and set up this there. What's this motivation for you on, on filling that gap, on, on creating a, a culinary scene in Preston? I think it's because I've always, you know, I'm from Preston
0: and, you know, after the burger bar and my wife, Connie got pregnant, um. I was opening Fino Tapas and, and we'd had the baby and then I mean I, re- I remember changing his nappy on, on a stack of plasterboards on a building site in Fino Tapas and we had his own little yeah. you know Fino uh, Tapas site manager little mini uh, high vis made and what have you um, and then like going from that to I'd love to open another Fino Tapas somewhere else you know and mm-hmm. said right let's let's go somewhere else and open another fee. You now. But, you know, having a, a young baby, just as we opened that one, and I just thought, right, there's a, you know, and these units just became available in Preston. And I'm, uh, you know, I do like a good unit. When I go in and see something and I, I look round and I'm like, do you know what? This would be cracking, mm. cracking this or that. Um, and, you know, the, the plan is going forward, I do want to open in other places, but I'm still not ready for the likes of Manchester or Liverpool yet. Yeah. You know, they've got enough tapas. I think I only want to expand on, on the Fino brand. So, um, you know, I've been looking at Blackpool, Liverpool, Kendall, and Southport in the last few weeks with the aim to secure at least one, you know, and, and get open
1: hopefully for summer. Do you feel like you've been a, a sort of, like a spearhead for testing if uh, Preston is ready for restaurants like Fino, We Do With Fork, Len Do you think people now have seen that you've actually done it, that you've got other places opening up that are a little bit more forward thinking than they used to be? Like you think we've got a new Spanish place and there's a lot more cafe bars and stuff opening up?
0: Yeah, I mean, possibly, but it's, for me it's about trying, I just want to try my best to get it right, you know, Preston's had tapas restaurants come and go. They've had burger places come and go. Mm. And they've had Mexicans come and go, you know, even fine dining with Heathcote on the square. Um, it's about just trying to get everything right for me, you know, with locally sourced pro- products, for example. So, um, there's a farm in Waltonley Dale just behind where Capital Center is and all our beef for all the shops comes from there mm. so does all our eggs our lettuce comes from Spring Acre Farm in Tarleton and that's all year round um, our tomatoes carrots you know as much as we can pretty much all come from Tarleton pretty much as
1: you know as much uh, as
0: anything can. we can you know mm. and our suppliers know that we everything we get has to be from as close to where we are as possible and um, so he lives his butchers on the market for all the shops as well mm-hmm. so he gets you know uh, sometimes in the year he can get us pork from Cliveroe um, and lambs from just on the border of Lancashire and Cumbria when they're in season which is now you know it's a shame we're not open because you know a good rack of lamb now uh, it's the best time of year to get it and mm. um, uh, and then Fino, the rest of it, we, we import from Spain. Um, so all your olives, charcuterie, the paella rice, pretty much anything, if it's not local, it's from Spain. Um, or, f- you know, uh, uh, we use wild sea bass there instead of like a farm sea bass. And, you know, it's little touches like that that we, we try and add the quality um, to sort of... So the customers come and they try, they're going to try the food and go, right, uh, you know, that was bloody good. That we're going to come back. Yeah. And our, you know, our, uh, 12 centimeter corn tortilla at Lenita, you know, they're handmade, freshly made from real corn. You know, it's not, none of this flour carry on and mm.
1: pre-packaged. Um, and yeah, that's, that's that really. You mentioned, uh, Lenita then and, so you opened the, uh, the Winkley Street Ale House. You had about a month's after all the promotion and getting it ready and everything. And then you got to shut down, but you didn't let that sort of scare you off during lockdown. You opened another place, which was this Mexican food. So what was the thinking behind opening up during lockdown? Well,
0: I mean, we thought we were, we, you know, that was Fino Tapas. So we moved it to where Tiggy's used to be. Yeah. And I had this unit. I had plenty of people saying, "Oh, what are you doing with it?" Blah blah blah. And I, when I took it on, I put so much money into it and effort, refurbing it and doing it how I want it. You know, we knocked down walls, put through walkways, took to, uh, toilets from downstairs, put them upstairs, built an extension for the kitchen, put a wood fire oven in. You know, replaced all the windows and the shop front and everything, and. I just thought, well, I'm not just going to give up my lease just because I've moved the shop, you know. Um, And I thought, right, well, Preston's missing a Mexican. I love tacos, you know, Mexican food. And I thought, right, let's go ahead with it. And then we were in, we had the lockdown. That was on the 5th of November for a month. And I was like, right, here we go. We're going to be ready to open in December, I'm going to smash it everywhere and then I'm going to bugger off on holiday for, for a month with all this money I've took in December because loads of people are going to come out and have a great time. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to have staff dues and all this. And then obviously Preston got lumped into tier three. Yeah. So I ended up with a fully kitted out restaurant ready to go and four full time chefs that I'm paying. That I wasn't able to furlough because we'd only just took them on and you have to have, I think you've got, they've got to be employed with you for like three or four months before you can furlough them. Yeah. Otherwise, obviously, you know, people are doing that on the black one and yeah, putting their mum on, yeah. on and saying, Oh yeah, well, my mum earns 50 grand a year. So, and I've only just took her on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was stuck really with already being closed for so long last year. Uh, and having, you know, best part of hundred grand of wages having to pay. So if I'd have not opened, I mean, imagine that from yeah. from paying them from November and we're now in March and it's going to be April. You know, you're talking nearly half a year.
1: Yeah,
0: I I, I you know, I haven't got that money. I'd have had to let the lads down, but they'd left jobs to come and work for me. So I thought we're just going to have to open as a takeaway job. Mm -hmm. And it went really, you know, well, it's been going really well. The first week was a bit of a shit show, to be honest. It was trying to get everything together and get the recipes right. Are we doing it spicy enough? Is it not spicy enough for people? How are we going to do this dish? How are we going to do that dish? You know, so the first night, for example, for me, wasn't great. You know, we... I invited a load of friends to try and, and get feedback. So the good thing about that is getting genuine, honest feedback. Mm. You know, it uh, turns out the rice was crap, wasn't spicy enough. You know, uh, a couple of them didn't have enough meat on the burrito. Um, A couple of bits were missed off this and that. Like the one taco might say, comes with this, this and this, and we've accidentally missed, you know, one of the elements, for example, because you know, we've got ten tacos on that are all built differently and no one, you know, as much as we've built the menu together and made the menu what it is, it's still every time you add a taco order on, looking up at the menu going, what's on that bloody taco again? Mm -hmm. You know, so it was a really difficult start, a lot more so than anything else I've ever opened because just just from that point of view, really, of having so many elements, I mean, even when... Opened, we don't have a fork, you know, we, we didn't have any sort of, there's house specials on there, we didn't have that, it was literally, if we could beef burger, or a fried chicken burger, or a grilled chicken burger, and a veggie burger, and then you had, you built it yourself, you know, you had your options of your cheese and your sauce and your salad and your gherkins and your, your this and your that that you put on it, so at least you'd get a ticket that unequivocally would just say, you know, it's this beef burger... And they want this cheese and this and this and this yeah. so you have to read every ticket anyway like that but then just going from that to getting a a, a ticket and you're looking at it and there's four Mexican names on it <laughs> and then you're like oh what the hell's that now and and then going to the menu and reading it all you know yeah that was hard it took a bit of refinement and I think we're there now you know yeah. but it's bloody belting I tell you what you know, I had a, a burrito from there last week and so I'd, I did a secret order last week. At, you know, uh, Connie had tacos, I had a burrito and I think she had some nachos. Oh, like a mystery shopper? Yeah, so I put it all through Uber Eats. I think I put it through Uber Eats. No, I put it all through ordering local. Uh, put my name as whatever. Yeah, collecting an hour. Went and collected it and... Uh, you know, so it was all ready there. I turned up 10 minutes late on purpose as well, because obviously sometimes you go somewhere when you've ordered, you got to wait a few minutes to, from to bag it up or whatever. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was ready to go. And I, you know, bloody banging. Really was bloody good. So I was quite, yeah, I was impressed with the lads, to be honest. Yes. They've, they've stuck to what we're doing and, and sort
1: of managed to progress the menu to make it, you know, better, really. Yeah. It looks like an awesome building as well. The, uh, the artwork you've got done on the outside is fantastic. Yeah. So that's Sean Doherty. I hope I pronounce his name
0: right. Doherty. Okay. Um, he only lives around the corner, but well, not this street and next straight up actually. Um, and yeah, he does like graffiti art and what have you. So we had we first met when he did a, he did a piece in Preston for a company. It was all Preston based. So I contacted him about doing the ale house when we did the refurb there. So he's done a huge mural down one half of the uh, the internal wall of the building, um, and then we did this phenotapas. tapas. And I was like, you know, do you think you could do do a couple of bits for that and keep him with mm. what we what we want to do? And he, you know, he's done a bloody good job on that as well. And then we were talking with Nick, who does our branding, and Sean. And between them, they've come up with the entirety of the branding and, the you know, different characters, if you will, and, and stuff like this. And he's designed all the front of it and done that. And uh, there's a bit more to do just on the decking, uh, you know, ready ready to open. So hopefully that'll be finished by the back end of next week. And, you know, the idea was visually just make it so, you know, if you walk down the high street and you turn that way, you're going to go... Oh, what's that? Yeah. And then I've got this big, you know, neon sort of logo job for the above the front door as well. That's, I think I ordered that two months ago and I've got confirmation today that that's going to be in time for us reopening. Because I got onto them yesterday. I was like, it's really important. I get this for them because these are, you know, it's going to be the first pictures that we can take of people eating, drinking outside, Mm. With the tacos and margaritas and Long Island iced teas and tequilas and having fun and, and trying to, you know, having a good time. And yeah, you know, I thought I, I want that up there because yeah. that's what, yeah, you know, that's going to finish the sort of look that we're going for. So I'm really, really happy about that. And he's done stuff inside as well. Um, and we, we got some booth seating in there as well. Again, just this COVID job, really mm. just try and make it a bit safe and, Yeah, it sounds like a proper good Mexican now in Preston. Yeah, I mean it's it is good, you know. Anyone who's not tried it, I'd I'd definitely recommend it. I mean, I would because I own it. Yeah, yeah. And that fino tapas is bloody good as well. (laughs) I can vouch
1: for that because I've been. I love tapas. I used to go to a place called um, El Rincón de Rafa in uh, Manchester, downstairs in Longworth Street. It was like Spanish owned and I've worked in Madrid quite a bit so when a tapas place opened in Preston I was like okay we'll try this yeah five star It's absolutely fantastic the chorizo the manchego um, the patatas bravas everything was spot on it was really good I'm glad you enjoyed it you know we we get a
0: lot of good feedback about the food in particular Um, and I mean it's like a modern twist on Mm. as opposed to you know, sitting in a a little charangueta on the beach in Malaga or something like that. Um, But, you know, it's so extensive and we have tried to incorporate as much from different regions as we can. So, you know, it might be different if if a customer, for example, has even if they've lived in Barcelona for two years or whatever, and they've eaten out loads, what they're getting there is going to be different to what they're going to get in Valencia or Madrid yeah or Seville or Malaga you know because it's different wherever you go so I think what's disheartening sometimes is you get people that will come who may have never hired a certain style of that bravas uh, for example you like oh that's not Spanish and it, you know I've lived here for mm. for 10 years that's not Spanish it's like well have you had patatas Bravas there you know yeah um I think that's the only sort of, the main sort of, uh, niggle I have with, with people saying it's not Spanish. Yeah. Because it, we're trying our best to make, you know, all the wines are Spanish. We've even got a whiskey from Spain, which is, I say it's from Spain, it's from Scotland. Then it's imported, exported to, to Spain, aged in Rioja barrels, bottled up, and then imported back over here. And, you know, we've got a vodka from Spain. Um, all our sort of deli meats are from Spain and loads of the produce of paprika and um, even the peppers we get are from Spain. Our lemons are Spanish. So even from the point of view of not being able to get stuff locally sourced, if we can get a certain, you know, fruit or veg from Spain, we'll get it from Spain. Mm. And obviously, you can get everything from Spain, but a lot of places will you know, you're getting African gear in and Moroccan gear because it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, our veg is really good and knows, you know, they know exactly what what we want there. So we, yeah, and it's, it's nice to, to do as much Spanish as we can. You yeah. know, there's nothing worse than going to, you know, a tapas bar and, you know, they've got a Thai green curry or on yeah. or, you know, stuff that's not Spanish. Yeah. Like, you, be one or the other. You know, if you're English, you're not tapas, you're English small plates. If you're Greek, you're meze, don't, you know, Mediterranean tapas is acceptable to a degree, but then you just, you know, there's all sorts of mad dishes in some of these places you go to. Mm Duck Pond was one, actually. We used to do, you know, all sorts of stuff from like South America and stuff. And, as good as it was, you know, it was, it was really good. Uh, and I never, I can still never get mad around how it closed because I remember working here and, you know, it was full all the time and all, all this upstairs full of tables and chairs on the weekend, packed. Um, you know, and it was good, but I just, yeah, I wanted to concentrate on Spain really, mm-hmm. just like the Mexican. I want to concentrate on Mexico. I don't want to do Argentinian food and Brazilian food. You know, I want to stick to to, to what
1: I'm, you know, sort of what I'm trying to get good at. Yeah. One thing my sister noticed is that each one of your restaurants that you move, you leave or rebrand, you leave a little something there. Like in the ale house, there's still a little sign with the otter's pocket. And at Laneta, there's still uh, a wooden sign that says Fino in a kind of faded. Is this just something, is this a, we're kind of reading through the cracks or is this like a little Easter egg you leave for? To be honest. I think the
0: otter's pocket one will be a mistake. Ah, okay. I don't. I, I've not seen it myself. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so that that's that's actually just it's not been noticed. I think. Right. Okay. Um, it is quite faded. It's like on the faded wood, which makes me think like it's a oh, hidden the, message
0: where um,
1: where the beer mats are in the corner. Yeah, it's the been sort
0: of etched in. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So there's there's otters etched into it. Yeah, and he's obviously put otter's pocket on the bottom. No, actually, I. I didn't notice that. I mean, I'll leave them up there because, you know, they're absolutely brilliant. My friend Tim did that. He's, he's, you know, really good at burning. He burns art into wood. Um, so again, he, he did the signage that we don't give a fork and a pheno. So the one above the door you're talking about that's sort of faded etched pheno. That's where I'm going to plonk my big neon sign ah, okay. on the top of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's not, that's not on purpose. That's probably just, uh,
1: an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, actually got, um, <clears throat> Langshire Eats coming in to, onto the podcast tomorrow as well. So we're oh, going right. to have that, um, the, probably the biggest consumer of restaurant food in Preston coming on to talk about the restaurant. So yeah, she's, she's really good. Actually the, um, her Instagram's bloody
0: brilliant and I made the mistake of inviting her to try Lanita on, it was either the first night or the second night. And, like I say, it was a bit of a shit show. Yeah. You know, and the food wasn't as good as it was going to be. So, um yeah, I think she she gave us a generous review for, you know, cause it, I think it was a couple of niggles and she, she enjoyed a lot of it and then some of it she was a bit like, oh, you know, that could be better. Mm. Um, Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. It's always beneficial for for me as a restaurant owner or anyone else uh, as as business owners to to get direct feedback you know Mm. so what's not necessarily helpful is someone posting something on Preston restaurant and review page on Facebook and and going this is shit Mm. when you know for example it's our first night of opening and there's going to be mistakes and it's unfortunate but there's just going to be, you know, mm. you can't. You're not going to have a smooth opening night like I have at the other ones because I've had the luxury of having a pre-opening, inviting friends and family, uh, and the the kitchen getting slammed and front of house getting slammed with drinks as a full restaurant mm. but of my friends and family that are there to give us feedback. To uh, you know, opening somewhere like Lanita, where we've actually just had to go. Uh, we're just gonna have to open it and, and turn these takeaway machines on to do these deliveries and and that's it. It's always helpful to get direct feedback. So for example, if someone has an issue with a you know food service, whatever it might be at one of my restaurants, it's me that deals with it, the message on Facebook, um, call in, email, whatever it is, you know it's me that personally deals with it and I'll talk to them and try and resolve the issue rather than it to, mm. you know a, a bad review because that's the last thing that anyone wants mm. versus a new business I think some some people unfortunately don't realise how much damage it can cause a new business by not giving them a chance to rectify any issues you know mm. but fortunately enough we we still get people who will just drop us a message and go oh just you know this wasn't quite right and that wasn't right or this was missing and we can you know we can rectify it instantly for, for me like having this feedback it's important that it, you know it comes to us directly and then mm. you know especially for example uh, the takeaway group on Facebook I'm sure you're a member of it as many of your listeners will be you know nine out of ten people that have had a bad experience would Jump on to something like that or TripAdvisor and go, it was rubbish. Mm. But there's less than one in 10 people that'll have a good, something really good and go on and say it was really good. Mm. You know, um, I think it's, I think it'd be nice to see a lot more people have a bit more positivity, not even about my restaurants, but everyone, everyone's restaurants and go, do you know what? If you've gone for a good meal, go
1: on and say you've had a good meal. Yeah. You know. Well, I can't wait to get back to your restaurants when they open in uh So you're doing outside seating from the 12th or from the yeah. earliest to the 12th?
0: Yeah, from the earliest. So we're going to open Fino Tapas, Linita Mexican and Winkler Street Ale House. Obviously limited seating between 10 and 12 tables of two at each of them. Mm. Um And yeah, we'll be open every day, 12 till 9, 10 at night, apart from days it's raining so if it's raining we're just going to knock it on the head altogether we don't have outside covers and umbrellas and stuff like this because uh, you know Fino and Lenita are half and half on like decked area at the back and half on the street and the alehouse is just on the street Mm. so we're you know we're not allowed to just bang sort of umbrellas and gazebos and all this out willy nilly so so yeah if that's the case and uh if it's raining, people need to get themselves down to the Moorbrook and Conti. Plow's got a nice new outdoor I back that. area. That looks it looks great. like it's, it looks mint, doesn't mm-hmm. it? I actually spoke to Jeremy on my way here about that. Um, you know, that, that's going to be really cool actually. Uh, and just another really good place to go in Preston. Yeah. You know, and, uh, summer trendy, which is always nice in Preston. Um, you know, so, yeah, if, it, if it's not raining, come to my places. But if it's raining, there's still really good eateries and, and bars in Preston that, are, you know, can facilitate a bit of a bit of cover where you can go and eat and drink. Yeah,
1: nice. Mark, it's been a pleasure. All right, thanks for having me. You're welcome.